Hey everybody, today we are talking about accounting and I have someone special with me on the show who's an actual accountant to talk about accounting for your business and, and the importance. You've heard me mention it before, how I waited probably too long in my business to think about finding a bookkeeper, finding someone that could really give me my numbers. And we talk about that, uh, or I'm gonna ask Danielle about that today in this interview. Danielle Hayden is my guest. She's a reformed corporate CFO, chief financial officer, and she's on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain confidence needed to create sustainable profits. After spending 10 plus years in the boardroom as a corporate finance officer, Danielle is now in her sweet spot. She's the co-owner of Kickstart Accounting Incorporated, where she helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial analysis, and education. And she's also the author of a Profit Planner book series. So without further ado, here is Danielle. So Danielle, thank you for joining me today. I just wanna start out as all of us podcasters do, um, when when we start these interviews, just just tell me a little bit about who you are, how you got to this point that you are today in, in creating the business that you've created. Yeah, I'll give you the summarized version. So um, Danielle Hayden with Kickstart Accounting Inc. Um, gosh, uh, I own a accounting firm that specializes in helping entrepreneurs understand their numbers. The best way of doing that is to make sure that entrepreneurs have solid bookkeeping in place so that they have on time and accurate financials so that then they can make every other business decision that they need to make. Um, my background, I was working as the CFO for mid-sized businesses. I've been joking about this a lot lately. I just was making the rich rich. So I yeah, I was the CFO providing financial information to the investors, CEO, board of directors. Yeah, very, very boring stuff. However, what was really interesting was to watch how they made business decisions and what data they needed. And people would roll their eyes at bookkeeping and accounts payable. And they're like, that, that, that's just a task you have to do. Like, that's not important. And I'm like trying to shake everyone and say, bookkeeping is everything, Right. If you don't have good bookkeeping in place and if you don't under if you don't have that information that's accurate, the board is going to make the wrong choice, right? The investors are going to, you know, maybe um, take out spending or change their revenue lines because we had bad bookkeeping in place. So our mission is to make sure that entrepreneurs have these good processes in place so that they can make better business decisions because every single one of us as entrepreneurs deserve to have that in place. So what what made you go out on your own? What was the thing that kicked you out the door and said, I got to start my own thing? When I sold, I was, uh, I was the CFO for a, a business that we sold. Um, we were selling it from one private equity firm to another. And I saw how much money the investors and the PE firm and the CEO made. And how they used all of the information that I gathered for them and all of the processes that we had in place, how that contributed to their growth as the bit of the business, and then how that contributed to being able to have that exit strategy. And let me tell you, it was a really beautiful thing, right? Like when you grow and sell a business like that, it is a really, really beautiful, um, 
process to watch a, a business go through. However, it left me saying, why are, why are more <clears throat> entrepreneurs not able to do this, right? Why, why as entrepreneurs, do we think that we're not enough, right? We're not big enough. We we're too small. We have all these limiting beliefs around why we don't need to have these same people in our corners. So after I went through that transaction, I said, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to uh, convince, <laughs> remind, um, help entrepreneurs realize the importance of good bookkeeping and then how they can use that to be able to uh, better and grow their business. Okay. Now, you know, so many of the people that are here with us today um, are their business owners, busy professionals, or, or people who are looking, you know, when we're going through this moment in our history right now where uh, a lot of people are deciding to choose something different to not go back to what they were doing before the pandemic started it's a beautiful um thing. and i mean i know because i've had this business for a while and we talked a little bit before we started about how uh, how much help knowing my numbers and knowing and having a bookkeeper having an accounting firm working with me has helped over the last two years, just knowing what's going on so that I can make certain decisions. Um, but for for the, the rest of those people that are here with us today, um, why is it important, in your opinion, to understand numbers and as a business owner and, and what can that really do um, for the business moving forward when they have that type of information? Yeah. So this is a really, really important question. Um, you're never too early in your business to have strong bookkeeping processes and practices. You're never too early in your business to start looking at your numbers. So we hear this a lot. I, I think it's a limiting belief that we all have. I just started. I'm really small. I don't have enough. There's not a ton of revenue, not enough stuff. Whatever your story is that you're telling yourself, if you, if you have formed your LLC, if you have started a podcast, if you are earning any revenue, you have a business. And the minute that you can start to look at your business as a business, your mindset shifts. So if I, if I start to have solid bookkeeping practices in place, I will start to shift my mindset and knowing that I can do this, right? I can grow my business. Uh, a lot of our clients will say to us afterwards, I didn't even know that growth was possible like this because I didn't know what I was doing, right? Um, I, I have a, a mantra that I really like. What gets measured gets managed. And so if you're not measuring the metrics within your business, you're not managing your business. So if you don't know your numbers, I'm sorry, this sounds harsh, but you don't know your business. So by that's why it's important because if you understand your numbers, then you understand what's working and what's not working in your, in your business. By measuring the numbers in your business, you can manage those things. And again, double down on what's working and stop doing the things that don't work. And so um, that really, you know, by putting those things in place, it's going to shift your mindset to really level up as a business owner. Okay. Um, now, and and if if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've you've heard um, me talk about my own business a lot and how um, it was actually reading a book, uh, Profit First, Mike McCallowitz, 
that um, really changed my mind about thinking about my numbers and and bookkeeping and um, and it actually presented for me, you know, not just some standard metrics, but other metrics like you were saying about, you know, if if you don't measure certain things, you know, you don't really know your business. Um, what I liked about that system was that it also says if you don't hit certain percentages, if you don't hit certain numbers, you probably shouldn't really have a business or you need to figure out like how to change the amount of expenses versus income and and move things around to make your business viable. Um, so let's talk in detail about metrics. In your opinion, what are some key metrics that business owners really need to get centered on and and understand and have in front of them right now at all times? Yeah. I love Profit First. I've seen it transform people's businesses. I will put a caveat that Mm -hmm. it is hard to, for, for business owners to hit those percentages, Mm -hmm. uh, right out the gate. And, and it's a learning opportunity. So by, by starting to measure that and where you are at compared to his suggested percentages, it gives you a, another metric to measure yourself a lot. Oh, I know. I I will fully acknowledge it. Like it took me a year, a year to comfortably get into the range of being able to hit certain percentages. And it was a process, like you're saying. It was, oh, I didn't realize that was taking up so much of my expenses. I need to figure out a way to either get rid of that or replace that or or dial that back over six months or whatever. Um, so yeah, that I mean, that that was part of the help of it is seeing those yeah. seeing those milestones. Yeah. So don't get discouraged if you're if you mm-hmm. if you read that book and you're not there. Just yeah. I always like to tell people you don't have to be there today. Mm-hmm. Right. You just, that, that is a, another metric for you to, to strive to. So the, there's three metrics that I, I want every single business owner to be really dialed in on. Um, the first one is break even. And so, um, really the reason I want you to understand what your break even number is, is because I want you to have a plan for how you are going to either make up the negative cash or plan on how you're going to spend your cash surplus. Mm-hmm. So your break even means um, I think the easiest way to do this is look at your last 12 months worth of expenses. Um, this is all of your operating expenses. So your subscriptions, um, podcast team, contractors, um, everything that you need in order to operate your business. Mm-hmm. If you have an accounting system, I would suggest you run your profit and loss by month. So it's a specific report that you can run, run it for the last 12 months. You can add a column in there that says averages, and this will give you what your average expenses are each month. That's your break-even. So if you are not bringing in enough monthly revenue to hit that break-even number, we need to plan. We need to put forth a plan on how you're going to bring in enough cash to hit that break-even every month. Now, here's the golden nugget. This is what people don't do. If you have revenue that exceeds the break-even I want you to plan on how you're going to spend those that that cash. What is the reinvestment you're going to do back into your business? Uh, the second uh, number that I want everyone to know uh, in and out is your profit margin. And not just your profit margin. Don't run your profit and losses and say, all right, Danielle, yes, my sales minus cost of goods sold, I'm profitable. That's <laughs> not what I mean. Right. I want you to know what your profit margin is by revenue 
line of like, maybe you have three services that you offer. I want you to know which service is profitable. We have clients who come to us all the time and say, I'm going to sell more of the premium. And I, and we say, okay, hold on. That sounds like it's a good plan, but does it take more of your time? Do you have to buy more inventory? Does it take more of your contractor's time or your employee's time? So do we, do we really want to sell more of the premium? Maybe if we actually stay in the standard package, we can sell more and it costs us less. And so we're prof, more profitable. So it's really understanding that. And I just want to give a reminder to every single business owner, your time is not free. Mm-hmm. Your time is not free. So yeah. if you have to service that. any of those, <laughs> you need to include your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we see that far too often. Um, and then this also is your profit margin by, by customer. So um, depending on what that looks like for you, um, you know, most of our service-based businesses can run uh, you know, your revenue by, by customer or client minus the time or direct cost of that client. Uh, we find that we have outliers. Whenever we do this exercise with clients, uh, we're, they're always surprised to see, wow, I knew that client was kind of a pain in my side, but I didn't know I was actually losing money on them. Or, wow, I really need to raise prices for these clients. So I want you to understand the profit margin by service line and then by customer. Mm. All right, we have, we have one more. Um, the third number that I want you to know in and out is your percent of sales by expense line. So this is another report that you can run in your accounting system. Uh, we use QuickBooks with 90% of our, our clients. So if you if you go into QuickBooks, there's a report that you can run that um, is your profit and loss mm-hmm. with your percentage of sales uh, for each expense line. Why this is really interesting. We hear from clients all the time that say, wow, I'm spending 40% of my revenue on um, on contractors, or I had no idea that I was spending 20% of my revenue on X, Y, Z. It, it is a way of showing you how much of your revenue is going to your expenses. And I have never done this for a client who wasn't surprised <laughs> at how much of their revenue is going to that. So think about every dollar you bring into your business and where it's going. It's so impactful. Cool. That's that, like, I hadn't even thought about that. I, I have any number of reports that I can run or see run, but I hadn't ever thought uh, to think about it in terms of the percentage of what's going, how much revenue is going to certain areas of of expense. Um, That helps me a lot. So I'm, 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 I'm hoping everyone was paying attention as you were saying that, that that's, that's something that most people, like even me who has an accountant who works with me has really, really never even, thought to look at it in that under in that lens uh or through that filter or whatever you want to call it um so you mentioned like when you're talking about profit margin and what's profitable and what isn't it really started to get get me thinking about the journey that i've been on and i know so many of us have been on as their business grows and changes and shifts and you know i've told the story here before like when i started out working in podcast production, I was coming out of music production. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, I like podcasts, I just want to do this for fun. And a lot of a lot of small businesses start that way. Maybe it was a side hustle. I don't I don't like that term. But maybe it was something they did for fun that then became a business. 
Um, and for me, it was, oh yeah, sure. I'll edit your podcast for $40 an episode. And then it was, yeah, okay, I'll do that too. Yeah. Oh, the, I can do that. I can find someone to write copy. I can find people to do this. And it grew and it grew and it grew to the point where I was charging a certain amount for s- certain amount of uh, services, but the margin was really low. And I was like, I, I don't know what to do here. And it took me getting, uh, took me understanding that I wasn't charging what I was worth. I wasn't charging what the service I was providing and the value that I was providing. I wasn't charging. And it took people who'd been doing this longer than me, mentors to say, hey, you just need to raise your prices. And I realized where I didn't think I had a lot of limiting beliefs around money. I, I felt like I had a, a really healthy view of money and how it flows and in and and I, I realized this was a limiting belief for me. So I, I wonder, you who works with a lot of clients about this, what common limiting beliefs do you see around money? So that maybe if you can name some of them, um, those of us that are out there listening will say, oh yeah, that's me. And and maybe have a path out of this. Yeah. Um, I like that you said, I thought I had a positive, or I didn't realize I had limiting beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. Because most of us don't really realize that we have limiting beliefs until, you know, it's almost tax time and you're like, oh shoot, I never did any bookkeeping, right? Like I don't have anything in place. Like why, why am I afraid? Why am I afraid to hire a bookkeeper? Why am I afraid to look at my financials? Why do I not want to know my numbers? What is that? And, and really what that is, is a limiting belief. And so in the last seven and a half years, the, the biggest stories that we, we hear are, I'm not enough. Because so many people start off as, I, I agree with you, I don't love the word side hustle, but they, mm-hmm. they do it on the side and it grows and grows. And they never really stepped into their role as a business owner, right? Because they were doing it on the side or just for fun. And mm-hmm. suddenly they they had substantial revenue or they really were starting to take it serious. But because they did it in the beginning, their mindset says, I'm not enough. I'm not big enough. I don't, I'm supposed to do this all on my own. Um, why do I, why would I spend that type of money in my business? Or here's the best one. Um, in my opinion, we all got, um, report cards growing up. So once a quarter, you got a report card. And if you're anything like me, you got grounded once a quarter and it was something that felt shameful. And so, um, I think a lot of us see our, our financials as a way of attaching self-worth and, and something that we're scared of. So I'm scared to know, like, what if, Danielle, what if you send me my financials and I'm not doing well, right? Like what, what am I going to do then? And what you're going to do then is you're going to learn from them because that's what entrepreneurship is, is learning and trying again. And so instead of looking at your numbers as of, you're going to tell me if I'm good or bad, if I'm grounded or I'm allowed back out of the house this weekend, you can start to think of it as what can I learn from these? So when we work with clients, we always remind them, what do we learn from the numbers? Our numbers are trying to tell us a story. So we have to pull from the story. What went well? What didn't go well, right? Where should I cut those costs? Where should I double down and and spend more? And so um, if we can start to attach curiosity to our numbers rather than um, a, a feeling of failure or judgment. I think we can all embrace what they're teaching us. Cool. That was really helpful. 
Good. I think that's I think that's one thing that more people need to hear often is it so many people have this unhealthy relationship with money and I and I get that. Um whether it's it's from growing up that way or whether it's from you know marrying someone who has different views and what treated money differently. We all have something around money. And I think the more we talk about it, the easier it is to like, once you release those limiting beliefs, things tend to flow easier, <laughs> no, yeah. no matter what in your business with your money, whatever. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that and really speaking about it, honestly. Now I know that, you know, I know who has helped you in, in your journey as a podcaster, because it's the person that, that hooked us up and, and got this interview going. Um, and so I know you have a podcast for your, your business as you've been growing it. And I, I want to hear a little bit about how you got started, why you decided to, to do a podcast. Um, and then also, what, what has the, been the effect so far? What have you learned from podcasting and, and how has it affected your business? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were just talking about the limiting beliefs and how common it is. Right. And so, um, like you're not alone as a business owner, Mm -hmm. so many of us feel the same way. And so really the reason behind starting the podcast was to normalize that because everybody that comes on a call with me says, I think I'm the only one that feels this way. What's wrong with me? Like, why am I so scared to even be on a call with you? Um, And so really the goal of the podcast is to normalize the conversation around money so that we can overcome our money mindset uh, so that we can embrace our roles as, as business owners. So, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've been a podcast junkie for a long time. Um, And then um, the woman that hooked us up, I don't know if I can say her name, but Sure. Um, yeah, so Angie, yeah, Angie. um, Angie, she's Trublad. been on this podcast before. So, yeah. okay. All right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Angie, I found Angie, um, gosh, she's like, talk about the power of podcasting. So I fell in love with another podcast and through that, um, through that contact, I met Angie and Angie really transformed me as, as a business owner and helped me step into, to, um, my, um, ability to speak about my mission. And she, so she has been, um, my, um, pitch representative. So she's been helping me guest on other people's podcasts for almost two years now. And through that journey, she really coached me along and finding what the world needed to hear. And so if I would have started my podcast two years ago, it would have been on a very different topic. Mm-hmm. But through all these conversations, I have found that what entrepreneurs really needed was to hear about how normal it is for us to all have these money mindset issues. Um, some people start their podcast to monetize it. For me, it was never about uh, monetizing the podcast. It's it's really, truly um, started off as a passion project, that, but has since turned into a way for us to educate uh, clients and potential clients and our team. So that's another piece of it. So, um, currently at the time of this recording, we have 13 team members. And so it, it's a way for me to be able to also record content that we can help each other learn from. So Mm. the team, other business owners, like 
how do we communicate with better business owners in a way that that feels really supported? And then what met like you know like what we were talking about earlier in the show, like what metrics and how to think of it. And so it's a way to be able to share that message um, to multiple people at one time. Awesome. That yeah, they, that seems like a really healthy journey to have all that time to refine the message and what you needed to put on the world and then then start your podcast. I often talk to people who are starting podcasts and I'm like, you know, I want them to get started because I I believe that, you know, podcasts are changing the world. They're allowing us to have these wonderful conversations that really get to the heart of an issue and allow people time to talk and and understand and, and throw nuance into it. Um, and then I also, also start to say to those people who are starting podcasts, once you get started, always talk with your audience, you know, get feedback from your audience, make this, make this a conversation and feel free to shift as your podcast grows and moves and you get feedback and you hear what people really need. And you did that relatively the same way, but in, uh, in, um, through going on other podcasts. Oh, and I've also already shifted on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think- if you hear my first episode, I said, this will not be a how-to a podcast. We will have all stories. Yeah. And then almost immediately I had people requesting the, some, uh, I, I was hosting a clubhouse room and they said, well, I want to hear this on the podcast so everyone can hear it. Yeah. I'm, like, oh. I'm like, I'm five episodes in and I'm already pivoting. <laughs> it, it, it- without fail, that probably is one of the more common questions I get from people starting podcasts. And at this point, I've helped 50, 50 so or so people launch podcasts. And it a good majority of them start out saying, Oh, I just want to interview these people and interview these experts and interview this and share these stories. And inevitably, it shifts to their listeners wanting to hear more about their knowledge because they'll they'll throw in something before a question or whatever, and they'll say, "Well, we want to hear more from you." Um, actually, an example that I gave you before we started, uh, that client did a whole year of podcasts of interviews, and they you know they were wanting to interview the people they thought were cool, and they were having these wonderful interviews and having so much fun, but they kept noticing that no one was reviewing their podcast. Like no one seemed to say they loved the podcast. No one was reviewing it. And I, you know, of course I'd given this advice before, but finally got to a sort of um, moment in a conversation where I said, look, I, I think what it, what it is, is that your listeners are this type of listener. They are a small business owner or something. I forget whatever the example was. And they're enjoying these conversations, but maybe they don't have time to write a review or something like that. Or maybe they're they're enjoying it, but it's entertainment. Maybe you should talk a little more about what you do. You know, what? how do you help people? What are the things they should know? What are the how-tos? Like, don't have them just dotted all around in your interviews. Get really into showing people why, you, why you're an expert. They already trust you because they built this relationship with you. They want to hear from you. You're the reason they're here. You're the reason they're sticking around through each interview. So focus on that. And and without fail, like that's when the reviews started to come in. <laughs> because finally it was them. And, yeah. and that's what I love about podcasts is that you can you can grow and shift over time and you can really test things out because it's such a, a nice long form uh, type of content. Now, so you've, you've, probably were in a good position to get started with your podcast 
thinking back through the last couple of years of doing this and showing up on podcasts, um, were there any growing pains? Are there any interesting stories that you went through as you, as you got started on this journey so that we can maybe tackle some limiting beliefs that other people have about getting started? <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting that it took me so long because usually I talk a lot about just, just freaking get started. Right. Because we'll, we'll learn as we, we go along. When I started my business seven years ago, I mean, our website was like, you could tell it was built by an accountant. It was mm -hmm. awful. Right. Like I, the first guy who signed with us, I have no idea why he signed up with us. Right. Like, mm -hmm. but I said, let's just go, right. Let's go and do, do what we're, what, what we do Start know how to do yeah. and pivot and learn as we go. And, and, um, and we, and we did, and we learned that, that what entrepreneurs actually needed from us and what they were actually learning from us over time. And had I not just started my business and listened and, and learned, I, I wouldn't be in perfection paralysis. And so, um, when it came to the podcast, I'm, I'm almost surprised it took me as long as I, it, it did because I felt like I wanted to get it all right. Um, so it's interesting that not only, you know, five episodes in, I was already willing to pivot. But I think because I knew from having my business that I, that you have to learn and pivot, right? You always have to learn and grow and you don't have to say, well, I'm going to, you know, just swap the whole thing. You know, mm -hmm. like this was a bad idea. Nobody's listening. I mean, that guy could have had some really limiting beliefs and said, oh, nobody's leaving me a review. I'm done with this podcast thing. Yeah. Instead you listen and you learn and you pivot. And so I think that's the biggest thing is that, for anyone who's waiting for the right time, there is no right time and you just have to get started and, and listen and learn and you'll grow, right? You'll, by talking, you'll find your voice. And by talking, you'll find the, the topics that interest you and that interest your audience. And yeah. it's okay for that to continue to change. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's, that's powerful that learn and listen. <laughs> that's something that we don't often do but it, it could be the key to a lot of the problems that we face in business. <laughs> yeah, I think um, so. So I, I appreciate you being here today. Um, where, you know, I want people to learn more about you and your business and your podcast. Um, and, and if you have a resource, you know, knowing that we got a lot of online business owners, small business owners, busy professionals who are listening right now, um, if you have a resource that would be really helpful, where can people go to find all of that information? Yeah. Um, tune into Entrepreneur Money Stories. Uh, that is the podcast. Um, talk about all things limiting money beliefs. Um, for a, a resource to continue to learn about some of the metrics we talked about, uh, we have a five-day video bootcamp series. You don't have to watch the video. You can just, you know, listen on your phone, just like you do a podcast. You don't have to sit and take notes uh, with worksheets that will help you get started. So some of these things that we talked about today, you're like, oh, wait, I don't have any bookkeeping in place. I do, but I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. um, this video series will give you the resources to, to, get, to get started. Um, and then, you know, if you want to talk about your specific situation uh, and your specific business, uh, the Kickstart accounting team is here ready and waiting to be a resource for you. So you can come to calendly.com slash kickstart accounting and book a strategy call. We, we want to hear from you. We want to hear about your stories and we can uh, discuss a specific framework that fits for your business to help you get these things in place. I, I have so much faith and love for the entrepreneurship community. And I 
want everyone to get started. I want everyone to succeed. And so um, that's our mission. So we would love to, to have a call with you. Cool. I'll, I'll make sure to put all the links to all those things in the show notes um, for the people that want to grab that. Danielle, thank you so much again for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun.